Hello, I'm Colleen Galan. I'm the coordinator for Quality Matters and Instructional Design here at Fayetteville Technical Community College, and I'm excited about my new role. Hello, and welcome to the Fayetteville Technical Community College Center for Faculty Development podcast. I am Ian Wolf. I'm an instructional coach with FTCC and your host for today's episode. In this podcast, we seek to accentuate and celebrate the excellent instruction and instructors here at Fayetteville Tech. Well, Colleen, thank you so much for joining us today. I was hoping you could start us off with just telling us a little bit about what is Quality Matters, because we know that Fayetteville Tech is partnering with them, and we kind of want to have an idea of what we're getting ourselves into. Sure. So Quality Matters is an international nonprofit organization specializing in standards, processes, and professional development for quality assurance in online and blended learning. I know that's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's their their textbook definition. What would you if somebody said, "Ah, I don't want to I want to hear the the PR speech for it. Give it to me straight, Doc. What is it? It's mostly known as a rubric Mm -hmm. or it's known for its rubric of quality assurance for online courses. Okay. So they are – they're a system to kind of give us a baseline for online instruction. Yes. So if you say what is a quality course or here at Fayetteville Technical Community College, if you ask an instructor, what is the quality of your course? I think most of us would look at each other and kind of question uh, or be perplexed. What is it? We don't know. We haven't officially defined or outlined what a quality course or a quality online course looks like. So what I like about Quality Matters for Fayetteville Technical Community College is that it defines what an online quality course is. And once we as a college begin to roll out and have all the faculty take this PD, we will all not only have one definition or a rubric, but we will all have the same definition. So it doesn't matter where you come from or where you're headed, here we will have one standard, which I think is going to be at least a start. If I hear you correctly, it basically gives us a universal set of language, a a universal standard that we know our classes are of a high quality and we could take them, say, to Oregon and they would still be of high quality. Correct. Okay, cool. How do we know that? Like what are some of these components of Quality Matters? How How do they achieve this vaunted quality that they claim to have? So they have three primary components. One is the QM rubric, and that's based on research. It's supported and published uh, best practices. It is the QM rubric, which it is a set of standards used to review the design of online and blended courses. Although a lot of institutions also use it for face-to-face classes as well. For example, here, our face-to-face classes also have a Blackboard component. So the QM rubric would still help or assist even in a face-to-face class because, again, that online component would be the same or have a standard. It's also comprised of a review process. This is my favorite piece about QM is that it promotes peer review process. So it's really focused on the peer level. 
This is really for us. It's for faculty. It's for me to be able to look at my course and self-assess my course. And it's about me being able to approach a fellow colleague and say, hey, can you take a look at my course and check me or tell me what you think? So I really like that it's created for the appropriate level where the quality of a course really should begin. The third component is professional development. Quality Matters offers a lot of professional development opportunities for faculty couple of things that you said there that I really appreciate. One being that Quality Matters works very well in face-to-face classes because there's some very fascinating research coming out right now that's talking about it doesn't matter the modality, doesn't matter the execution, that good teaching is good teaching and good teachers are good teachers regardless of how they are providing the instruction. Kind of the hang-up comes from adjusting some of the things that we need to adjust based upon that modality. And so it sounds like QM helps facilitate that a little bit, helps us set our benchmarks. I also really like this idea of the peer-reviewed model because there is often some resistance to having some external body come in and tell us out here in Fayetteville where we know our community, where we know our students and what they need. Some outside body is going to come tell me how, how to teach to my students. I don't think so, Scooter. But if this is a peer-reviewed and kind of internal thing, then we can adjust as needed or put the emphasis in the places that we know need to be emphasized. Correct. So you've talked a little bit about how Quality Matters arrived at their standards. Can you speak specifically to one or two of of these targeted areas that Quality Matters really focuses on? Well, there are eight general standards, but before I go there, I think it's important to understand their tool set or their process. They have four points where it's based on national standards of best practice. You can't lose if you start with that, right? Second, it's designed to promote student learning. It's integral and continuous quality improvement. And then lastly, it's part of an interinstitutional faculty-driven, that's my favorite part, peer-reviewed process. That's the basis of it. And then we jump into the eight general standards. Quality Matters does have several rubrics. They have some for K through 12 and so on. But for us here, we're employing the higher education general standards, which are course overview and instruction. So when you're looking at the rubric, it's basically divided into eight sections. So again, the first section is course overview and instruction. And I'm so proud to say this, but we already have a course template that we employ here at Fayetteville Technical community college. So for the most part, number one is already complete because we've already based our template off of these standards. I think there's a few points or several point systems in this rubric that are already checked off. So we're already off to a great start as a college. Number two are the learning objectives or competencies. Three, assessment and measurement, everybody's favorites. Four, instructional materials. Five, learning activities and learner interaction. Six, course technology, seven, learner support, and eight, accessibility and usability. So again, this is just an outline of the eight sections of this rubric. And just think about it from the student's perspective. For example, course technology, learner support, and accessibility and usability. Those are not things that 
you have to go take a deep dive into for the most part is a link, a link for how do you get learner support, which our courses already have as well, or a link for course technology. How do you use this? What are the instructions? If you get stuck, what help desk do you reach out to? So a lot of this is it's not things that an instructor is going to have to sit down and write from scratch. They're literally just a link that you can put in your course. And most of our courses already have this to say, hey, if you need more help, here it is. Student support. Well, that's very comforting to hear that much of the QM work is already in place. And so faculty are not going to have a heavy lift to transition into this. You mentioned a number of different standards, things like first thing that came to mind was with the use of course technology. Are there models that Quality Matters adheres to uh, very specifically? And I'm going to get into my educational nerddom here. Things like the SAMR model or the TPAC model, which really focus on how you integrate technology into your course. Do they get into some of that stuff or do they just sort of give you some some very general talking points? I guess uh, that's, a, that's a very broad way of saying what supports do they have in place to help faculty meet some of these objectives? I'll start off with just letting you know what, what they're looking for. One of their standards is number 6.1. It says, the tools used in the course support the learning objectives or competencies. Or it says, a variety of technology is used in the course. Or the course provides learners with information on protecting their data and privacy. So these are the types of things mm-hmm. where, again, it's not really prescriptive. It's mm-hmm. more descriptive. I like it. Yes. So it, it's not necessarily talking about, with, for example, with the TPAC model, they're not talking about what pedagogical strategies are you incorporating with this particular technological tool. They're not, they're not getting into that much detail. They're just asking like, hey, this tech, how does it meet course objectives? Does it respect the student's privacy? So I think that's, that's very accessible. Think about this QM rubric more like the outline for the English paper you have to write. It is not the full body. It is not the text. It is just the outline. We're looking at the outline, making sure that you have all the points covered that you need to cover and that it is aligned and makes sense that the flow is appropriate for your paper. But it's not looking at course delivery and it's not looking at the academic content. It's really just looking at the backbone and the structure of the course design which I think is a great place for our faculty to start because before you can really get into the meat or the course delivery or take a deep dive into the academic content, you really want to at least start with a nice, structured, aligned backbone of a course that then sets you up perfectly for the next deep dives. And that that speaks to some of the criticisms that you frequently hear about quality matters being that that it somehow is restrictive or or that it is it's the be all and end all of good teaching and and what you're saying is absolutely not it is simply providing you with a good foundation for the execution of your academic material. Correct. So for example, um It might say something like, the self-introduction by the instructor is professional and available online. Again, it's not telling you how to do it. It's just letting you know that you should have an introduction. So there's a lot of room for freedom and individuality, but it's just giving us the structure that we need so that the students have what they should have in their course to feel like it is humanized and exciting and engaging. Going back to that good teaching is universal thing, that 
You need an introduction. That's important. But however you do it, that's on you, right? That you are an individual and you can do it however you choose. But it is important that we acknowledge the humanity of all members. How will faculty get started with Quality Matters? We are in the process of figuring that out right now. Mm -hmm. What we are planning on doing is having all faculty take the Quality Matters applying the rubric training. So there is a cohort that's going through it now, and hopefully in January, we'll begin rolling it out at least once a month and give the faculty time to take it. It is a fairly long training, but it is a certified training. So there is a nice certificate that you can take with you that's good for five years. So nobody's jumping in blind. Correct. Awesome. After the faculty has taken that training, there are other trainings. I'm not sure how we will officially decide to roll out the other trainings or how many of the QM trainings we will employ here at Fayetteville Technical Community College. But there is a peer review training. So that would probably be, be the next step. There is a neat little tool in Quality Matters that has a self review so that you can log in and then review your own course, make your own notes. So you can basically check met or not met. And if it's not met, you have a little comment section where I can make notes for myself like, oh, I don't have an instructional video or an instructor introduction and I'd like to add one. And I can make my own little personal notes of how I want to roll that out. When you're done with that self-review, you can email it to yourself or download it. And then that gives you like a neat little goal for the year. And you can just maybe come back to that once a month or quarterly and take a day and just work on your course. That's empowering the faculty in some pretty big ways. So I'm a big fan of anything that gives faculty more control over their courses, gives faculty more control over their own development as instructors. And I think that's a great tool. Anything that promotes metacognition is a win, whether it be in students, faculty, professionals, what have you. Additionally, one of the things you mentioned about this sort of the rollout plan is that we're not, as an institution, being too, to borrow one of your earlier words, we're not being too prescriptive. We're not saying we're going to do this by this time and this by this time and this by this time. We've just got a couple of steps laid out and then we're going to see. We're going to kind of sound it out. I think that's an effective plan as well because then we can identify and be nimble enough to address whatever needs might shake loose from this experience. So I think that's a good plan as well. Yeah, and we're, again, because it's faculty-driven and it's about the peer review process, we're looking for feedback. So we're starting out with a small cohort, and then we're going to roll it out college-wide. So the goal for 2021-22 is really get all faculty certified and knowledgeable with the Quality Matters rubric. Once that's step one, so year one, step one, we're going to start there. I would love all faculty to start assessing their own courses. So start there, start at the self-assessment part, um, just like we would with students. Why not, you know, have them start with the self-assessment and then we work our way up. Before we go further or scare people off, let's just end it right there. We're just going to learn about the rubric, understand it, get to know it, and hopefully apply it to our own courses. What's in it for the faculty? They jump through this training. As you said, it's kind of long. They have to reevaluate their courses. Why would they want to engage in all that hard work? The feedback I've heard from other faculty is amazing. So most faculty, of course, who wants to like go through their entire course and comb through it with a fine tooth comb. I think nobody. But for the faculty who have done this and have had a course um, actually certified as a quality matters course, which is a whole nother long process. But 
they actually walk away and say it was worth every minute. At the end, we all want to be great instructors. We all want to have great courses and teach well and have students that are excited about taking our course and feel good about it at the end of the course saying, I know I did a good job and the students learned and they're successful. But when you don't know how to teach online or you haven't taught online or when you inherit a course that was not designed well, it's it's problematic. What happens? You end up getting tons of emails. Where's this? I clicked on this and it didn't work. Really, a course that's not designed well will create more problems and more work for the instructor. The amount of emails and questions and explaining you will have to do. And it usually comes in one email at a time. So you're doing piecemealing this information as opposed to fixing, you know, sending it all the information out for the whole class. So the faculty who have gone through this process actually rave about it. They love it because they feel like once they start teaching a course that is designed better or has gone through this process, it is so much easier to teach. It, it is, I think it is hard work up front because really what you're doing is you're putting all the hard work in the front end. You are preparing this course, hopefully meticulously and you're delivering an impeccable course, when you turn it on, that course is designed so well that you will barely or hardly get any questions. Or when you're actually in the teaching process of it, it'll just be easier. This is this is one of those things where if you front load the labor, it's definitely a long-term benefit. I, I like to think about it like you know, driving what I like to call a hoopty. You know, if you're driving a car that you have not maintained, you get in that car and you hope you make it to your destination. But when you know that you've taken good care of your car, you feel confident when you get in your car that it's going to take you where you need to go. So QM is about that upfront work. It's that, you know, making sure your course is inspected, that it's taken care of, that it's it's maintained so that when you deliver that course, you are sure and reassured that your students are are taking a course that is going to deliver what it needs to deliver. So aside from climbing over themselves to get into this uh, rubric training, what can faculty do to prepare for this? I think that most faculty know the weak parts of their course. If you pay attention, you're, you're going to get the same questions over and over again. And those are your hints that there's a module or there's a part of the course that's leaving room for question. Um, so I would say to prepare for now, the only thing that I could recommend is pay attention to those weak spots in your course. Listen to the students and kind of pay attention to those spots where you know that you kind of get questions about all the time and figure out a way to explain it better or add more material, add content or ask your students for feedback or ask a faculty member for feedback. Sometimes, you know, just like we were taught when we were writing papers, you know, have someone proofread it because mm -hmm. you don't catch your own mistakes. This is faculty driven and peer reviewed because it's it's the best way to do it. Agreed. We're, it's, it's a learning community and we can't do it all by ourselves. The quality matters rubric is point based. However, the goal is not 100 percent. We are not looking for perfection. Quality matters says that a course is a quality course at 85%. A course is never really 100%. There's always something that could be better or something we could add or improve. I think that when 
you hear someone say a quality course or a certified quality matters course, you're thinking 100% or perfection. And that is not what we're looking for. That is not what quality matters is looking for. I'm not sure that perfection is quite obtainable, but I mean, so much changes so quickly. It's hard to keep up, but 85% is achievable. It's workable. It's a solid B. To your point, students are always very different. So even within that variability, trying to have 100% QM courses, you can't be all things to all people. But what you can do is be a lot of things to most people. And and that's it sounds like that's what QM is shooting for. Yeah, and not just that, but I think all of us are a work in progress. And so when you apply this rubric the first time around, if your course scores a 30 or a 40 or whatever low grade, I mean, I would say take a deep breath because the first time you use it, it's just giving you a mirror. It's probably the first time in a long time you've taken a deep look into your course. And again, most of our faculty here have not created their own courses. They've inherited them. So again, the first time, you know, I would say take a deep breath, don't freak out and just make a plan. So your plan could be, okay, each month I'm going to look at one section of the rubric and just take one section at a time. Just like we chunk it for our students, we can chunk the process of getting and reaching a quality course here. So don't be overwhelmed. We need to be able to say, hey, I do know that that area in my course is weak and that's my, I'm working on it and here's my plan. Mm -hmm. So you might have a year long plan. And if you have coworkers or other faculty who are teaching the same course, maybe you can buddy up and work together and say, hey, why don't you work on this section? And I'll work on this section and come together and share content. And if somebody it works alone in their department, maybe they're the only instructor of their particular area, where else could they go to get a little help? Well, we have the Center for Faculty Development, and we're here to help, and you're not alone. Thank you so much for your time, Colleen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If you or someone you know would be a great guest, please let us know. Head over to the Center for Faculty Development page of the FTCC website to fill out our recommendation form. We'd love to hear your ideas. On our site, you can also get an idea of all the different services the Center offers. So please, reach out if you see a place where we can support you and your teaching. Our music is Sunshine Fanfare by Richard Mead. Thank you so much for listening, and remember... Good teaching is universal.